Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So, I am currently in my first, like, official acting class. I'm in an acting class in college. And so, I've been looking through some uh, older scripts that I have laying around. And I was in a show once (laughs) where the intermission had... Um, like a scene going on in the intermission, which I think is pretty cool. I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. But that scene that was happening was just one dude sitting on a bench for 15 minutes. No dialogue, nothing. And so like the director made a big deal about like, you cannot break when you are on that bench. Like it is still part of the show. It is still part of the scene. Like you got to stay in character. And thinking back on that, like, Why? Yeah, so it was just a guy in intermission, intermission, just like sitting there. He could still like walk around and just sit on the bench. He was just a guy. Yeah, no, he couldn't say anything. Yeah, so it was one of the characters. So like the the gimmick was it was a character we saw in the beginning, then we saw him in that intermission, and then we saw him at the very very end. And so like it was kind of like the three points of um, acknowledgement, but. (laughs) it is less of a why did he want to stay in character like i get that but more of a that did that gimmick really work in terms of like the writing of the play did people like that was that good like how how would he break like Uh, you laugh you smile you acknowledge the audience if you don't do those three things you're fine just walk around you can look at them just don't And so this guy, you know, we did this in high school. So this guy was not a trained actor by any sense of the definition. I think this was his first piece of theater that he had ever done. And um, yeah, so it's intermission. So all the lights are up. And like if your family sees you and your family is seeing the show and they like try to talk to you during intermission, like how much of a jerk move is that? Where it's like your family comes up to try to talk to you during intermission and you just blankly ignore them without saying anything. Dude, me and a friend had to play um, uh, British Royal Guards um, for a charity event. So we were just there. Couldn't look at anybody. Couldn't smile. Couldn't speak for about four hours. It is so overrated. It is 100% overrated. Um, Yeah. Also... People suck because then once you declare yourself as I'm not going to do anything, that's when people get in your face. They kiss you. They touch you. They like make sure you're not blinking. They're like like they just get up on you. Um, The first two hours was brutal because everyone saw you on the way coming into the into the theater. So everyone wanted to touch you. Everyone had to acknowledge you. Now, we also guarded the after party. That's when the drunk people came out. So they were like girls like reaching into my pocket, people hugging us, kissing us, a bunch of crazy stuff, slip giving us money. Be like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you just like move a little bit, say something. And then I'm just like, can't you see we're not supposed to do anything? Like, we're just decorations at this point, you know? Once people realize that there's a bit going on, they will do everything in their power to either participate 
or destroy the bit, depending on what it is. And since participating in a British Royal Guard bit would be incredibly boring, the only option left is to dismantle it. And it is incredibly frustrating to watch happen. I'm like, do you know how easy my job would be if I didn't have like person with alcohol breath, like burning my eyes because they were so close? Because then I just like zone out. But the fact that I couldn't move and I had people intentionally trying to break me, I'm like, bro, it's, it's a simple job. Why, why can't you just let me do this thing? So moral of the story is like anytime you force someone to not interact with the people around them, you are causing way more harm than good. If you are making your next creative piece or you're trying to decorate for something and you're like, oh, it would be really fun to have someone that's kind of like there, but not really. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, please, please do not do that. Yeah, it's just not worth it unless you have like a really cooperative audience that's not going to mess with your actors because then it's just acting. You don't yeah, need any other special kind of training because the show was not interactive before that point. Because like if you do like a like a murder mystery dinner, you know, people know what they're signing up for. You know, they're willing to participate and not participate if they are given rules for that. But once you do not give them rules, they simply do not care. They just don't care, dude. Then it's I don't know, man. It's it's like those people. Have you heard about like those people in haunted houses that will come and chase you with a chainsaw? And then these yeah. guys are like, hey, back off and they'll punch you. And yeah, like, bro. You know what you signed up for. It's a haunted house. Also, on the other side of that coin is the people that go into haunted houses and go out of their way to not react to things. Like, again, you knew what you signed up for. Have a little bit of fun. Yeah, if you're not going to enjoy it, why why go? Anyway, that's our TED Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um uh are you ready to talk about the movie let's talk about the movie so the movie we watched this week is called the midnight sky starring george clooney um if you do not want to listen to us talk about it for whatever reason or if you haven't watched it yet and you want to come back after you've watched it uh you are more than welcome to skip ahead to the next segment given the time code that i will give you here time code 3435 All right, The Midnight Sky is a futuristic sci-fi movie about, you know, basically the the, the short premise is George Clooney stays behind on Earth after everyone has evacuated. A little girl has stayed behind as well, even though she was supposed to go. George Clooney tries to find a way to contact somebody to try to pick her up. Basic premise of the movie. Yep, pretty much. Also... Um, there's a whole nother plot going on with a spaceship. Yeah. A spaceship is coming back from a potential life bearing planet. And so it's two plot lines happening at once. Um, we will be doing a non-spoiler section and then a spoiler section later on. So if you're worried about that, don't be. Yeah. Stick around for a little bit longer. Um, here's the thing, bro. George Clooney, dude, he is supposed to be the most gorgeous man in the world. Like, it's (laughs) universally acknowledged that he is extremely handsome, right? I think ever since he found that out, he's like, we're going to change that. (laughs) He went out of his way to look freaking 65 years old in this movie. 
he somehow managed to make like disheveled charming hybrid of a look right like Mm -hmm. he still had that like stoic face where he would like look out at something and he'd still have like that like gaze upon him but the hairstyle beard combo was just like the complete opposite of what we expect right he does have one of the most dreamy eyes you've ever seen in hollywood but at the end of the day i'm like wow they are trying their best to downplay how attractive he is also total tangent george clooney's biggest known for role on imdb is michael clayton michael clayton is not a good movie nor the movie he should be known for yeah okay so i also had a couple notes about this he has not put out a good movie in the past decade okay Mm, so let's talk about what a good movie is is good not bad or is good better than okay better than okay okay so i have not seen gravity but gravity is has a well, seven he's in that movie 7. for 10 minutes so right. i'm not saying that's a, that's like a cameo at that all point. right fair enough like i said haven't seen it um okay. i liked money monster oh dude i did not i had enough fun with that movie to where i am willing to say that that was probably the last decent movie he's put out well, he hasn't been in a movie since then. So you were totally right. I'm looking at it now. That is correct. But I agree. Like Tomorrowland, not good. Hail Caesar, okay at best. Monuments Men, not a big war person. It, dude, you didn't have to be a war person to not like that movie. You okay. could be a war person and be like, oh, this movie's not good. I've seen literally every single movie he's been in in the past 10 years because that's what, he's the guy that your parents hype up, like Denzel Washington, him. Morgan Freeman, Tom Hanks. So when you're finally old enough to watch some of these radar PG-13 movies, you're like, okay, I'm going to watch them. As soon as I turn 13, movies were garbage. (laughs) Okay, so are you willing to say that Fantastic Mr. Fox or Up in the Air was his last good movie? Up in the Air. I think Up in the Air, I mean, they came out in the same year. So 2009. You can make an argument for 2010 and 2011. So I'll let them go up to 2011. Every movie he's made past 2011, not good. Don't waste your time. 20, 2011 and earlier, fire, dude. Ides of March. Um, the American was okay. Fantastic Mr. Fox is good. Up in the Air is one of my top 20 favorite movies. Um, some of these I haven't seen. Michael Clayton, great movie. All the Oceans movies. Um... He had a cameo in Spy Kids 3D, so that's got to be bomb. <laughs> he's in Spy Kids? Yeah, he's the president, I think. He's either the president or, like, their dad. I, no, he's not. He's their not dad. their dad. That's Antonio yeah. Banderas. Yeah, so then he. I think he's the president. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 2011, last good year for him, and that was 10 years ago. Still one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my entire life. So... That being said, I think that goes to show where this movie sits, which is also not good. Also not good. Dude, in the beginning of this movie, right? Five minutes in, um, there's this whole scene, which everyone and their mother knows is foreshadowing. It's, I can't find my kid. I can't find my kid. Don't worry. I saw him get on. You're like, are you sure? Yeah. And that was the end of that. And we're like, no. oh, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. 
um when because when there's another woman that's like i saw her get on the helicopter with this doctor he said to tell you that they'll meet you on the ground it's a-okay and i'm like that kid did not get on that helicopter i can tell i don't know where she is but she is not on that helicopter i'll tell you that right now yeah i'm like oh that was that wasn't even foreshadowing it was so bad it was there was no shadow to it it was just telling us what was going to happen so there's that bit where we like we as the audience like are officially told that she's still there with him mm-hmm. is when the second cereal bowl gets left behind. Right. Um, I tried to give the movie the benefit of the doubt where my first thought was, oh, that's probably the girl. But if it's not, maybe this is leaning into some sort of like memory problem thing where right. like he like he forgot it's that very he clear got beginning in the movie that he's sick so if he's got memory issues or whatever very believable yeah so i tried to give it that benefit of the doubt then like 90 seconds later it's like nope here's the kid i'm like all right i'm not trusting this movie anymore uh okay okay <laughs> dude okay also um this movie is just nothing but tropes um this movie is nothing hey i will go so far as to say that this movie is literally nothing it is two hours long and three things happen and all three things are things that we can't tell you really until we get into spoilers but the fact of the matter is this movie was based off a book called uh good morning midnight i cannot imagine reading that book because that entire book would be they were in the space station and had breakfast now they're walking through the tundra. He found some dead. Bur- I don't care. It was, dude. It was obnoxious. What? What else? Um, the trope of the first time you're introduced to the space. There's like two different scenes going on. There's the scene back on Earth with George Clooney and this kid, and then there's a scene of a team of what five, six people. I'm trying to go through their names real quick. One, two, three, four. There's at there's Ottawale, Sully um the dude from game night the foreign guy and maya so So five five? yeah so there's five people and you just go back and forth between these two settings okay the first time we meet those people in the other setting there's a dream sequence and i'm like oh what do you know it's all a dream that nightmare you had where we were kind of worried for you it was all a dream but guess what we weren't worried about you because we have no idea who you are bro also um there's a lot of there's not a lot of people in this movie, right? So if we see a famous person, immediately in my head it goes, oh, they're important. Yeah. So we know George Clooney's important. We know Felicity Jones is important. And then there's that guy th- from Game Night who's like kind of important. Yeah. When I saw Ottawale, the the black dude, I'm like, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, okay. So I need to pay attention to this because he obviously got paid to be in this movie. Uh, it was very easy to tell oh, this guy's an extra, and this, these are the people I need to pay attention to. But that got a lot easier because after about 15 minutes, uh, there was only eight people in the movie. Do you think that that was... I, obviously, I haven't read the book, but like, do you think that that was their intention the entire time, or do you think that this is just a very convenient pandemic movie to make? I honestly do not know. I'm, I'm trying to find a, what the budget was for this movie. So a hundred million dollars. That's a yikes. That's yikes, dude. Okay. Also the graphics in this movie, like visual effects, garbage. So, okay. I want to compare this movie to other movies. So 
it starts off being like a space isolation movie. Well, I can like- tell you the two movies. This is a I think it is a Passengers meets Interstellar. Okay, I was going to reference two completely different movies. Okay. So, specifically the George Clooney section. I'm not talking about the other section at all. It starts off being kind of like I Am Mother in the sense that it is a sci-fi isolation idea. You have one person with a companion that are in a station by themselves having to run things by themselves. And I Am Mother did that way better. And then... It transitions to like um like a galactic not a galactic because they stay on Earth the whole time but like a sci-fi um travel movie where they're basically trying to get from point A to point B. That movie makes me think of Ad Astra, which did it much better. And it like it's frustrating when you see a scene because I really like to think of movies as individual products. But it is frustrating to watch a movie, see a scene, and be like, oh, that reminds me of a different movie that did this way better. Yeah. All, dude, happens all the time. If you're going to – the thing is, is I thought of Passengers because Passengers is two people stuck in space or in the future, right? And they have to go through it together because one person is can't be alone. So a lot of the plot makes it sound like that. But it's also interstellar because literally the other half of the story, those five characters we talked about – are coming back from a mission where they discovered whether or not we could live somewhere that wasn't Earth. And I'm like, oh, like Interstellar, that entire movie was based off of? And you have a crew comprised of pretty much the same ethnic groups as Interstellar? <laughs> and everything that happens to those guys is very similar to happens in this movie. I'm like, oh, so we're watching two movies that are just like, oh, let's put them together and see if it works. Dude, the whole Ether ship looks super fake i i i the one itty bitty teeny tiny thing i will give this movie is i did give them props for having a generally unique spaceship design with all like the moving parts and the different styles of different parts of the outer ship i i i kind of i thought that was cool everything else whatever (laughs) dude i'm just gonna go through a list of all the things i didn't like about this movie another thing the dialogue and the actions and the scenes were so uncomfortable. It felt unnatural. It seemed forced. Um, so the kid you meet in the story is a mute, by the way. So he doesn't the kid doesn't say anything. And I just wrote, thank God, because the <laughs> acting this kid does is garbage. If they had to add dialogue to them, I would hate them. The yeah. acting was trash, and I'm like, thank God this kid can't talk. This movie made me afraid to check how much there was left because I knew I was not going to like the answer one way or the other. Oh, yeah. Because it, it got to a point where like, some pretty perilous stuff was happening like, kind of in the middle, and I'm like, oh, this, is, this could be some perilous middle stuff, or it could be some perilous third act stuff. But I know we're in the middle and I know we got an hour left. So if I check, I'm just going to be real disappointed that we have an hour left in this movie. Dude, the throwback scenes where they're like, oh, this is young Augustine. I'm like, oh, I could not care less about any of this. And and it goes. We talked about this with Donnie Brasco, too. Again, someone who's too dedicated to their work and it pushes their family away. 
don't care seen it a million times yeah seen it a million times dude the dude the the this kid scenes was not look like they were written by a person who's never had a kid before i've never been around <laughs> kids and they just everything they knew about kids was from watching other movies because the whole pee scene where they're rolling it to him just trying to be like playful i'm like what? oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and okay. then the hey this is my bedroom you go sleep across over here and the kid sneaks back in i'm like oh i've seen this a million i've seen oh this in God. ice age okay okay hold on that you talking about this literally gave me physical whiplash because talk like when they're playing with their peas their food peas very specific p-e-a-s because i had to think about that for a second um the way George Clooney very slowly and methodically puts the peas on his plate, I'm like, I'm like, it looks like they're setting up to like play a game with them, but like what game? And then they just start flicking them at each other, and then when they run out, they just stop. And I'm like, okay, who won? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, it was the whole thing. I'm just like, it's just this is not what kids are like, bro. It felt so. I'm not all. I can't speak for all kids, obviously, but it felt so uncomfortable and awkward. I couldn't believe that was actually happening. The whole sleeping scene was awkward AF. Um. The this this another scene that was super awkward was the just so you know I'm not pregnant. And Macy paused and goes, "Are we watching? Is this a Hallmark movie? <laughs> um, like, is this wa- real?" I want to jump into spoilers because we've been in non-spoilers for a while. Okay. Um, overall, this movie is super duper boring. Oh my god, so boring! Like so many periods of things not happening. I, if you need to watch a George Clooney movie, like pick a different one. <laughs> Just pick a different one. Preferably 2011 and earlier. Yeah. Um. So if you don't want to listen to spoilers. If you're still here, you can skip ahead. Uh, here's your time code once again. Time code. So at what point did you know that going to die? Uh, immediately. Like, um. The I've never done this before. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm like, well, obviously she's dead. Once. I think it was like when Adewale was like, when he's like, I'm coming to like. I, like I feel like I should be out there with you guys and they're having that conversation of like um it's my first spacewalk and stuff like that I'm like oh this so this is not going well for any of them specifically you the thing is I knew the second we met those five people I said one of them at least one die. of you at least one of you probably most of you is not making out of this I've seen interstellar I've I've seen every space movie ever one of you is not making out of this at least one of you and what do you know maya was toast also i want can we talk about how quote unquote convenient it was that they knew hey we have to find a way to get rid of his medical equipment this guy's stranded in the middle of nowhere he has a disease we've just we talked about it a million times we have to find a way to get his medical equipment away okay let's have him spend the night at one place have the place sink into the water and have him not be able to rescue it. I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is just a plot device to get rid of it. Yeah. I was thinking about that when it was happening. And, you know, I don't know what the whole climate situation is going to be like in 30 years. 
but I feel like ice don't crack that fast. My whole thing was like, oh, this is all just made up to get rid of this stuff. Can we just speed it up? Because we all know what's going to happen. Also, yeah. it annoyed me so much that George Clooney's character is supposed to be our age. Okay, let's define our age. Like born late 90s. Because this movie takes place in what? Like the 2049. 2049. Yeah, he's supposed to be our age. Like born in the 90s. You can, might be able to make a case for like 85 on. But regardless, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And I'm like, so he's still dressing like our grandparents. <laughs> he's still acting like our grandparents. Everyone was acting so much like an adult. I'm like, let's not forget these people were raised on Disney Channel. Do you know how I know? Because we're the same age. I know what this guy's life is, which is why like I kind of made an excuse when they played Tennessee Whiskey in the beginning. I'm like, okay, that's something that's going on right now. It would make sense that he brought it into the future because it's reminiscent of his childhood because Tennessee Whiskey, Jason Derulo, all, all the people that are popular right now, we're going to bring into the future with us. What didn't make sense is, uh, hey, can we get some motivation? Sure. And it's Sweet Caroline. God. And also, once they started playing Sweet Caroline, that's when I knew, oh, the bad thing is about to happen. Yeah, it, for sure. I was genuinely surprised that it wasn't um, a cutoff action. Like something drastic happened that cut off the song like right before the chorus started. Right. For so sure. That was surprising. The fact that they actually let the whole chorus play out. But still, I knew that song was the sign of the end of the good time. Yo, also, um, first of all, Sweet Caroline is not the song that people our age would ever do. Two, this trope of, I don't know this song. You guys are so old. I don't know this song. I'm like, if I have to hear one more person talk about missing out on some generational reference, and it's supposed to be funny to the rest of the crowd, I'm going to off myself. That being said, <laughs> I know for a fact that if my parents were watching this or any parents were watching this, they thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and that annoys me so much. This whole joke that, do you even know what a record player is? Hey, bro, that's not funny. Yeah, like, hey, we're 25, not stupid. Yeah, and that's the, I've never heard of this song before. I'm like... Yeah, do you know why? Because it came out 90 years before this movie was taking place. That movie came out in, like, what, the 80s? So I don't even know. I don't I don't want to dignify this with a Google, but because I know we don't have any listeners, literally over 30. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to. Let's all just be mad together. Sweet Caroline should not have been in this movie. And it annoys me. It should have been, like, the Cupid Shuffle, the Wobble, <laughs> Teenage Dream, something like that. You know? It should have been a One Direction song. It could have been a million things. Sweet Caroline is trash. You know what else is freaking trash? If I have to watch one more space movie where someone explains slingshot, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. What a very specific thing. Yeah. Isn't every single movie. Well, if we use a gravitational pull, we should be able to save some energy and our and fuel. I'm like, yeah, I've heard that in every movie. And like, here's the, and, and, and here's the thing. The idea is not to just do a slingshot without explaining it to us. Hey, we're done with slingshots. Hey, guys, we're done with gravitational slingshots. They have to use the word slingshot or else is it really science? <laughs> and I hated it. Hated it. And the dialogue was so bad, it got to a point where I felt bad for the actors. 
I'm like, they, they know this is bad. They know it, it is bad. And they're just doing what the writer and the director are telling them to do. It definitely made me think about like George Clooney sitting down with the script. Like, all right, this is the first time I've done a movie in five years. Um, you know, Netflix is paying me the big bucks to do this. And then he reads the script and he's like, never mind. Is it too late? What? My manager locked me in already. All right. Here's six months of this. It's literally like this budget is $200 million and $50 million was to just secure George Clooney and he's doing it for a paycheck. Like that's literally he sold. Actually, I know that's not true because he sold his tequila brand for like half a billion dollars. Homie ain't hurting. He's not hurting for money. George Clooney, I'm on your team, you beautiful son of a gun. Why did you do this? So uh, something that I find really fascinating that I would love to get the behind the scenes numbers on is like what Netflix chooses to promote on their social media. They like to promote their, um, you know, coming of age TV shows like Elite and um, Sabrina and stuff like that. And they also like to promote, you know, like their big budget movies as well, because they spent a lot of money on them, obviously. But like the thing with this one is I'm pretty sure I saw like three or four tweets about this max. I'm like, hey, Netflix, you spent a hundred million dollars on a George Clooney movie and you're just going to kind of casually reference that it's out now. A couple hundred million dollars. It's the thing is, I'm going to say we jumped on this movie early. It came out literally three weeks ago two weeks ago that is but here's the thing that is not early in netflix movie standards right yeah. like they were all like midnight sky came out and they were already promoting um the anthony Brackey movie it's i'm upset i am upset um also very end of the movie the kid not real the whole time macy said that 10 minutes into the movie she goes oh this kid doesn't talk She's not real. Hey, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I was so bored. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I did not even notice that the kid had disappeared. There was definitely a point where I'm like, huh, the kid hasn't made an appearance in a while. Oh, well, I guess this movie's still dumb. And I didn't even notice when the kid became not real. This yeah. is news to me. Macy was like, oh, yeah, this kid isn't real. Um, And the main female on the other ship is his daughter. And she said that 15 minutes in this movie. And I'm like, you're probably right, but let's stick it through. And at the very end, she's like, I told you so. And I'm like, well, that's time we're never getting back. Also, I'm totally not okay with the fact that two guys just ditched the spaceship to go to a wasteland and kill themselves. And everyone else was totally cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought so, so. Okay. Okay. So the one guy kind of made sense. Like the game night guy, I like he spent a lot of time in like the hollow chamber, like with his family. And then he got that message like, OK, I can follow that train of thought. And then the other guy is like, yeah, I'll go with you. Like, sure. Why <laughs> He's not? like, please don't make me third wheel. Please don't make me third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and they just killed themselves. And that was supposed to be the end for them. And if I have to watch one more person place their hand on the glass. This whole was dude. What is this prison? <laughs> the saying goodbye with your hands on the glass. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing, bro? Okay, I want to. I want. So, did you watch the credits at all? All the way through, dude. So stupid. So Actually, stupid. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I liked 
how there's so- there's something going on during the credits. And okay, for all of you yes. at home who didn't watch it, totally get it. All it is is there's two people on the bridge, Star Trek style, you know, looking at screens, and they just continue to look like they're working. There's no lines. It's just the two main characters just looking at screens, touching keyboard, looking at screens. What I didn't like about it, the reason why I thought it was stupid, is because they're they're sitting there practically motionless for a minute. Then Adewale gets up, leaves. Then Sully is there for like a minute, gets up, leaves. I'm like, okay. So we were just extra dramatic for no reason. Okay, cool. I liked cool. it. I liked it. That was one of the very few things. Also, um, talk about very few things that are necessary. Um, do you know what was unnecessary? The guy in the plane crash. Yeah. What? Why? Oh my god. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Also, um, how are you still alive? Did that like just happen? There is okay. There is so much that we could complain about this movie. We could complain about the. We could probably fill the rest of this episode complaining about this movie. So let's give final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Don't waste your freaking time. Also, one dude. I, I'm. I can literally go off on this movie. Another note. The whole where are we? How far off course are we? All that trash when the alarm started going off. That changed to I know exactly where we are in 30 seconds. Yeah. Math. 30 seconds later, I know exactly where we are. And here's the thing. I'm like, when that scene was going down, I'm like, oh, it would actually probably be really easy to calculate where they are based on, you know, things that they know, locations that they know and where they are. That would probably be really easy to calculate. And then surprise, it was super easy to calculate. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. What I didn't like was how big of a deal they made it in the last minute prior yeah i was just like bro this movie dude this movie this movie is the epitome of i'd rather watch a movie try and fail than be completely boring and not try at all yeah in an attempt to make a safe movie they just made a bad one (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna give it a flat five Hey, same. Flat five. Uh, all right. That's the first one for the year. First one for the year. <laughs> we can agree on mediocrity. All right. Do you want to welcome the non-movie listeners back in? Yes. Um, for all you non-movie listeners, the movie we just closed up on was Midnight Sky. And the top review on IMDb is a two-hour movie that should have been a 20-minute short. You didn't miss much. Yeah. Um. Well... Uh, thank you for joining us, non-movie listeners and movie listeners. We are now going to do our improv segment. We are going to bring back an older segment, and that segment is called Movie Style, where um, I'm gonna get we're gonna give each other a genre, a general plot idea, and a content rating, and then the other person is gonna pitch that movie. I'm gonna say we have a two minute time limit. And the other person gets two interjections at some point in that pitch. So at any point, we can go in and be like, mm, I don't like that. Let's change it to this. And then you have to carry on with that. Sweet. All right. You want to send uh, send some what my way and I'll see if I can figure out a halfway decent movie. Yeah, I think I want to give you one of those like rated R comedies that's okay. only rated R because they dropped the F-bomb too much. Okay. Um, and the plot is going to be 
a very inappropriate Robin Hood. Is this just Robin Hood Men in Tights? No, that movie was like, uh, it was tongue in cheek, but it wasn't like inappropriate. I mean, that's okay. Um, it's going to be something in that vein then. I got to think of some actors that I want to be in it. Uh, I'm going to put Kevin Hart and uh, Dwayne the Rock, the classic combo. Dwayne and, and Kevin Hart are in this Robin. Okay, movie. I do I, gotta say real quick, I thought I I get them confused frequently. When you said Kevin Hart, my mind went to Kevin James and the black one. Yeah, I know. I remember now. <laughs> Jeez, dude, what? All right, coming to a theater near you. This is we just have... a pitch. You're not giving me a trailer. Well, I can do whatever I want in my pitch, executive. First of all, we made an appointment. Let me do my pitch, <laughs> old man. Good grief. You know how long I've been working on this presentation? <laughs> I'm missing my kid's first day of school. Let me do my freaking pitch. My wife is sleeping with the tennis coach for this. Come on. This is the improv segment. Me trying to pitch. Just attempting to pitch a movie. And you just keep up interrupting me. All right. This movie is featuring Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So basically this movie is a Robin Hood and Lil Jon um quest the quest is fine um obviously robin hood's love interest in this movie it'll be played by uh kate winslet you know her from titanic and pretty much nothing else the whole concept of this movie is we're designing an off-color comedy um we're working on trying to bring it down from nc-17 rating which means we're cutting out a lot of the scenes but we're keeping in most of the f-bombs and what sets this movie apart is it's in a completely black cast, except for the women who are only white. Because um, in this movie, um, yes. You said that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in this? Yes. Carry on. Yeah, he's not black. He's Samoan. Close enough. Um, <laughs> he's, he's brown, right? Listen executive i know you don't actually care we're, we're, we're bringing in the minorities so all the guys are of color and all the all the girls are um absent of color okay and instead of stealing from the rich and giving to the poor we're stealing the women from um dude i'm digging no, myself keep into a going hole. I know keep I'm gonna get going um, we're stealing them from each other because in this movie they're, all the women are lesbians, so we're stealing them from their current relationships <laughs> and dispersing them to a bunch of African-American males. Some of them are not actually African-American. Some of them are just brown. As and that is the intended. steal from the rich, give to the poor concept we're working with. Dude, I didn't even need to interject at all. Like, you... <laughs> You really just gave us. This is a Marlon Wayans movie. What you just Dude, pitched was this a Marlon is Wayans like movie. A worse white chicks. Yeah, which Dude, like I, I was halfway through that pitch and I'm like, what is this movie about? What is this movie about? 
Oh my god. Ooh. You just know, you we you just know that like Marlon Wayans is going to be like Kevin Hart's little brother and like half of their dialogue is just going to be like making fun of the fact that the little brother is taller than the younger brother or than the bigger brother. Ha ha ha. Yeah, dude, that ha, every time I try to come up with a plot point, I realize I already alienated that i'm like we're they're gonna steal the white chicks from the white guys i'm like oh yeah there's no white guys in this movie they're gonna have to steal the white chicks from other white chicks all right uh show me what you got all right a buddy cop movie um rated g based on the real life events of uh the blue lives matter black lives matter movement I knew that's exactly what you were right when you said buddy cop movie. I'm like, oh, he's go- he's gonna put me in that hole immediately. Rated G. Rated G. Oh god. <laughs> that means shut up is as high as you can go on the language side. Remember, this is a sensitive issue. <laughs> All right. Uh, this summer. Kate McKinnon and Zendaya star in the newest buddy cop movie. Um, Kate McKinnon is an old cop that's been worn down by the system. She has a good soul, but understands that, you know, it's all we're already too deep inside corruption. There's there's nothing that she can do without losing her own job, and she needs to support herself and her family. Then new spunky cop Zendaya comes in and this is all animated by the way these these are just voice oh, acting. Okay. sorry yeah these are just this is just voice acting um but the voices of Kate McKinnon and Zendaya and Zendaya is the new spunky cop that uh all right I'm gonna pause you real quick yeah um Zendaya new spunky cop she's got Benjamin Button disease so although she <laughs> appears to be 15 she's 65 so hold oh, appears to be 15 is actually okay so um zendaya spunky cop also knows how corrupt it is inside the system so (laughs) but because she has the energy of a youthful body she decides hey i can make a change with this and her partner kate mckinnon is like no we've been through this before we've both almost lost our jobs about this and zendaya is like well I still think that we can make a change because I'm one of the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the good guys. And then they both lose their jobs and teach children a harsh lesson about trying to call out corruption inside an already very deeply corrupted society. Beautiful. What is this movie called? Um... This is a movie. It's called Old and Broken. <laughs> the system or the women. You'll never know. It's a double entendre. A subtitle or uh, tagline. The system always works. <laughs> good, great. Because I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it. I think. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that, too. Um, word on the street is you have the middle segment this week. Yes, I got a new middle segment prepared. It's called Hypothetically Hot or Not. Okay. <laughs> but but on, this, on this show, we don't objectify women. So <laughs> all it is is hypotheticals. Basically, how this game works is I give you a hypothetical question, and you have only 10 seconds to come up with the best answer you can think of. 
Okay. That answer will then can be compared to the best answers I came up with, but I only had two minutes. So if it beats either of my two minute answers, it gets one point. If it beats neither of them, it gets zero. And if it only beats one, I mean, it said one. If you beat both, you get two points. So you're trying to come up in a 10 second answer with my two answers that took me a, a minute each. Then okay. that same hypothetical, you have 10 seconds to come up with the worst possible answer. Okay. Yeah. 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 And same thing. I had two two minutes to prepare two answers and it has to be worse than those. Are you ready for your first hypothetical? I'm very ready. And I'm going to time you. What do you wish grew on trees? Money. I mean, you got five more seconds. Do you want to take some time? <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to. S- no, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Money. Time. My best answers were COVID-19 vaccines and equality. <laughs> so I think it beats money. Okay, so COVID-19 vaccines yes. um, already exist. But if so, they grew on trees, they'd be accessible to everyone that had trees. Okay, so I'm going to tell you... Okay. <laughs> so here's why money... Here's why COVID-19 vaccines and equality are not necessarily great things specifically to grow on trees. Because once we've got them all done, we're good. Like, you only need to pick that equality tree once. You only need to pick that COVID-19 vaccine tree until everybody's good. Like, we got that. Well, every year, a different strain will come out. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I did say COVID-19. So, I guess it would only be good for one year. However, um, I would argue that picking the equality tree once <laughs> is worth it's it. It's worth it. Okay, <laughs> Alex, you are right. But I'm trying to win a game here. <laughs> I think you'd be hard pressed. The thing is, is too much money is inflation, right? Eventually, money would become worthless because everyone's got it. Then it'd just be who has the most trees. Yeah, I mean, that's zero points. Listen, you got five rounds and a best and worst for each. No, one no, 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 no. Give me no. Give me the COVID one. All right, I'll give you the COVID one. I don't know what winning looks like, by the way. So we'll need to decide at the end. But you have one point. All right. What do you wish grew on trees? Worst answer. Ten seconds. Go. Malaria. Um, cancer. Okay. Five seconds. I'm going to need a um, final answer. Three, two, one. I'm going to say cancer. I'm going to say cancer. Cancer. I put black tar heroin and genocide. <laughs> so. Okay. Cancer, I'm going to say, is worse than black tar heroin. Because cancer can just happen to anybody. I don't think cancer is contagious. So if it grew on trees, it wouldn't affect anybody. I think uh, if black tar heroin was on trees, we'd have a bit of a crisis. See, Malaria okay. probably would have been a, a better answer. You just got me with that, like, at w- once you opened up the door so that I could start thinking abstractly, I somehow immediately lost the concept that these trees would still have to be picked. <laughs> right. Oh, let me pick some cancer real quick. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so yeah i'll take the zero points on that i guess that's okay four more questions next one what this is what okay i'm giving you time to redeem yourself okay here you go your best answer for if you were a dictator of a small country what is the first thing you would do 10 seconds on the clock five seconds your dictator, bet first thing you would do. 
guarantee. I'm, I'm going to go Medicare this for all. This is your final I'm gonna, answer. I'm going to go Medicare for all. Medicare for all. I said end poverty in a nation and then assist the local leaders and building a constitution with a multiple party system and then resign and let the people choose who they actually want to be their leader. <laughs> I had two minutes, bro. That's a lot of time. Yeah. And I am not exactly what people would call a quick thinker. What was your answer again? I said Medicare for all. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that's a zero. Okay. Yes, I agree. I would just like to say that, you know, maybe Medicare for all would be a way to end poverty in and of itself. You know, maybe they're the same thing. Maybe if everyone was poor because of medical bills. But some yeah. people have never been to a hospital. Here you go. You can redeem yourself with this one. This is very easy. Know that I censored some of my answers because they were too bad. Worst case scenario, if you were dictator of a small country, what's the first thing you're doing? 10 seconds on the clock. Five seconds. All right, I'm going to need a final answer. 24-7 purge. Okay. I put bring back child labor and give my citizens a superiority complex and target specific groups. I think... I think Purge, Purge beats at beats, least one of them. Beats the citizens of superiority complex. Yeah. Because even if we're targeting spe- specific groups, that's going to happen anyway with the 24-7 Purge. Um, I Actually, I think that might be worse than child labor, too, because <laughs> the children probably <laughs> yeah. be dead. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you two points on that one. All right. All right. Next hypothetical. If you could get a ticket. Oh, you're allowed to get abstract on this one. If okay. you could get a ticket to any show or event in any time period, what would you want a ticket to? Best case scenario, on time. Final answer, Live Aid. Five seconds. Live Aid. Okay. I put the Jesus' resurrection from the tomb and MLK's I Have a Dream speech. MLK's I Have a Dream speech um, is all online. So... But I think it's different than seeing it in person. Isn't Live Aid online? It definitely is. I mean, probably. Which do you think made a bigger difference in humanity? (laughs) Freddie Mercury performing at Live Aid or MLK's I Have a Dream speech? All I'm saying is one was like a short period of time and Live Aid was like a super long concert. <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig. That's okay. I accept the L on this one. Okay. Worst ticket to any show or event in any time period. What would oh, your ticket be to? Dude, I, are, I, I don't even need the time. Uh, your own conception. I said any concert by R. Kelly or Bill Cosby's show after midnight. I think mine is better than the R. Kelly one. I think so. I'll give you a point for that one. Okay. You're at four points, by the way. Better than I thought. Yeah. Four points out of a possible um, two, four, six. 20? 20 by yeah, the end of it? Yeah, but we're, not, we're, we're almost done. The last one is a bonus round, too. So for, fourth question. If you could see any statistic over everyone's head for the rest of your life, a number, a statistic over the head for the rest of your life, everyone's. What would it be? 10 seconds on the clock. Five seconds. 
and final answer. Okay, this one is not going to earn me any points. It's okay. However, personally, I would really enjoy seeing the statistic of how badly any given person had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I put their honesty quotient, which is like a truth to lie percentage, and then how many secrets they have. So are you not going to give me any points for mine? I'm not going to give you any point for that. Well, you have to to at least admit that mine was the most fun. The thing is, I came up with that idea. Because the thing is, is you have to think about it differently in this. Because you don't have to think about bad things. Because you'd want to know bad things. So you can't be like, people they killed. Because you'd want to know that. That's not a bad answer. You... For the worst section for this, you need to think of useless things. <laughs> things um, you shouldn't well, okay, know. So I, al- so I already have my answer for that one. Okay. Um, I would never, ever, ever want to see um, how much a person liked me as a statistic over their head. You know what? I'll get, mm, okay. So here's which <laughs> I put the amount of objects they've licked and uh, the Mine number is- of... Bl- <laughs> definitely better than that one <laughs> and the number of blinks they've had to this up to this point I'm i just say, took your superpower and wasted it i'm gonna i'm gonna say m- mine is better than both of those because i think m- those have a neutral effect mine would have an actively negative effect on me okay i'll give you two points because you said on you and i think it would apply differently to different people now this is a hard round you have three seconds. Oh so this is God. like word association. It is who is your, this is Craig, who is Craig's best friend? Go. Alex three, and Bailey. Two. I can't. <laughs> Luckily for you, I put myself and Bailey. I'll give you four. I'll give you two points for that because you matched it. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Two points for that one. Plus, your worst best friend. Three, two, one. I have answer. answers. To, I have answers to that, and I put, am choosing to not say it. I put Putin and Kim Jong Un. Okay, we interpreted that question very differently. <laughs> All right, Craig. Out of twenty, you got eight. eight? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay, as long as you're okay with it, that's definitely failing. Uh, Audience, let us know how he did. If you did any better, do you think that he had a couple points on me? Do you think he deserved any points at all? Let us know. Okay, I just want to say, as far as our quizzes go towards each other, this one was, uh, I, I think I scored the best on this one. Well, because you know, the thing is, this is not impossible. Your quiz you gave me last week was, let me quiz you on things you couldn't possibly know. Yeah, but also, like, I feel like I did better on this one than you do on whose tagline is it. I feel like these are those are all, like, off a of chance. You know? Because this was you versus me. This wasn't you versus a fact. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Craig. I I heard through the grapevine you have prepared a one-hit. Yes. This one-hit wonder is Sportscaster 2.0 Electric Boogaloo. Um, What? So, do you remember Sportscaster from a million years ago? Um, Um, Is this the one I had to explain sports to you? 
Yes. So okay. this is an updated version of that. It's a different one hit because it's a different concept. We are going to make sports better. My biggest complaint was I don't like a lot of sports. So we're going to go out of our way to reinvent certain sports to make them more interesting and more fun. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to go ahead and start. And I'm going to say that all sports on a professional level should have built in birthday advantages. So if a player is playing on their birthday, they get like a two second head start on anything. See, my issue with this already is then there's going to be people who only play on certain days. They'd have a roster of be like, okay, this is our January team. This is our February team. So they would always play with an advantage. But okay. So then we can just like, as the league negotiate, like, Hey, your team so we would probably narrow the number of people on a team right be this. like you can't change up your roster like we would probably not have like third string anythings anymore like we'd probably keep it to two strings and um and uh, yeah like not change your roster what you have is what you get right definitely sucks for people who want to play football in june though yeah for sure but i mean it depends on what the advantages are yeah I I think that basketball has always been more fun with the concept of moon shoes. Yeah, because the thing is, this I think a lot of people have this obsession with dunking. I think if you take away moon shoes and put in a spiky ball, <laughs> it gets a lot more interesting. I, I, I like the concept of moon shoes specifically because not only do they make you jump higher, but they also very heavily restrict your movement in terms of speed. And agility. So you just see a bunch of people clunking around like they have the boots from face off on their feet. Um, so I think that I think moon shoes and spiky balls are both good answers. Um, as long as the spiky balls could not pop your moon shoes. I don't think moon shoes have are inflated at all. I think it's just like suspension. Yeah, I don't. As, yeah, I think as long as you couldn't like there would be you don't want to step on it. Because then it get stuck to your shoe. It'd be as a whole long thing. as people can't Mad Max your moon shoes. <laughs> yes, yes, very important. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Mad Max NASCAR, just one, just one Mad Max NASCAR. I th- here's the thing. Um, Mad Max NASCAR. Does that involve weapons? I I want to say only automotive weapons. I, wanna I think s- what you should be able to do is have multiple people on your car and jump to other cars to sabotage yeah. them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's I very much agree. So we just turn NASCAR into battle wagons. Right. I think we should change tennis to swimsuits, and the ball is a paintball. <laughs> okay. 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 And I, okay. if you get hit with it, oh, I'm trying to think of ways we can make this more painful. Okay, I think paintball so, is pretty good. Okay, so I'm going to pitch something to you, and I need you to help me make it safe. Because I okay. think the idea is funny, but it is not safe. And the concept of some sort of like ball with a timer on it, and it's just normal tennis. But if the match goes on for too long, it just explodes. Okay. Um, it's a flashbang. Okay. And it explodes, and whoever side is on is temporarily but, blind and deaf. Yeah, it's just a super short-range flashbang. Right. Um, 
And yeah, now, that person's just playing with a disability for a little bit. You would never want to get front row seats to a tennis match ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, this guy's always blind. You just can't watch half the match. That's that's what you want. Can you imagine like lying to your significant other? Like, no, I'm not going to the tennis game. I'm going to work. And then you just come home with like super bloodshot eyes. <laughs> I think another good one would be hockey, but like melting glacier style. So, like, there's cracks and there's water in between. So, you're kind of, like, skating and jumping to different, like, floors lava kind of thing. Yeah. It's just floating things. I think that would be pretty crazy. (laughs) And at that point, they can start just, like, throwing the puck to other spaces on the rink. Right. And you couldn't, you'd have to, like, kind of carry the puck on your stick and then jump to each one or just a whole lot of passing. Yeah. Because you couldn't skate straight through. I think that'd be cool. I think we could do something interesting with food eating contests. I think okay. that. So here's the problem with food eating contests is like it's not exciting until things start to go wrong, you know, because like for the first like minute or two of any food eating contest, you're just watching people eat. So I think something needs to go wrong faster. Well, here it is. Um, you have to wash it down with a laxative. And it's how many you can keep in your stomach over the course of an hour. <laughs> so you have you have to eat 100 donuts or 100 hot dogs. You have to. And you have to eat a quart of laxatives. Dude, no. And they would... weigh you before and they weigh you after an hour. Whoever has the most okay. inside them. Okay, this is going to be the grossest joke we've ever made on this podcast. But instead of... Um, eating contests. It's an Xfil podcast or Xfil contest. Yikes! An Xfil podcast would be gross. Um, where they weigh you before you do the court of laxatives, and they weigh you after, and whoever just weighs less wins. I mean, it's a dangerous game anyway. It's a dangerous gonna, game. People are going to die. Yeah, one hundred percent dehydration the whole nine. People are going to die. Um. There's going to be people who drank a lot of water before, a lot, a lot, like dangerous levels. And then they're going to hope that they can just like flush it out of the system. So it's a dangerous sport. We have paramedics and EMTs on site. Um, and it takes has to take place within half a mile of a hospital. That and being if you said, think that's And if you think that's more dangerous than anything Tanya Harding did, then you need to reevaluate your priorities. Right. That's fair. Also, Russian roulette. <laughs> Just like enter it into the Olympic pantheon. Yep. We don't need to make it any more dangerous. I think it's sufficiently dangerous. Russian roulette. Also, America gets to vote in who they want to participate. All right. Do you have any other sports that you want to do want to modify? Nah, I think we're good with Russian roulette. Okay. Okay. Um, So that was Sportscaster 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um, Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Next week, we are watching Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray. Felt kind of appropriate, considering how this comes up the day after Groundhog Day. Um, uh, You can follow us on our socials, uh, the podcast social, at Permanent Good on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, My personal is at Permanent Handle. Mine is Alex the Goods, G-O-O-D-E-S. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey, take it easy, stepchildren. See you later. Bye.